More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 2024 is going to be a monster year in politics. We want to keep you up to date on all things election, but you've got lives, families, jobs, and you can't always listen every day to the show. That's why we've created a podcast called 24 that gives a recap of our election coverage from the week. Think of it like a highlight reel, a breakdown of all the plays, analysis, and team interviews. 24 will drop at noon Eastern on Sundays in our podcast feed. You can find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Strap your ears in because we are at liftoff. we got a lot to talk about here. We are stacked with stories, much going on in the world today. Um, we will have Congressman Jim Jordan in the second hour of the program talking to us about, uh, well, a number of issues that you will want to hear about, more than we can even get into right now. Uh, we also are going to be discussing the latest on the GOP primary heading into New Hampshire. Clay keeps asking the question both on this show and to me in text message and phone call after the show, what is the path? And I keep looking at him saying, for anyone not named Trump, I don't know what the path is, but they seem to think there's a path, so we shall discuss this uh, for sure, get into some of the details. J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon getting a lot of attention for saying Trump was right on some things. Um, and then some additional, look, it's the speculation Olympics with some of this stuff. Um, they're just going to keep saying, you know, oh, Maybe it's going to be this vice president. Maybe it's going to be that vice president. They're, they're going to be doing everything in, in their power, um, to try to get everyone through this media cycle of, oh, this vice president, that vice. We'll talk about, there are a couple more names that we find interesting that are in the mix today. So we shall discuss that. But I, I think, I know we got a few days until the New Hampshire primary. We'll certainly dive into that. But for me right now, biggest story in the country is that Republicans are considering an immigration deal. At least some Republicans are. It's being crafted in the Senate. You got Chuck Schumer going out there saying that this is great and that it's so bipartisan. And now, I don't want to be overly simplistic, but that means that this is terrible. And the more you dive into this, the more you recognize right away this immigration deal, whatever it's going to be, is going to do nothing other than help Democrats and weak Republicans in a year where there should be a reckoning on the wide-open border that we have. The headline here on the Wall Street Journal was Biden accedes to tougher immigration policy to deflect criticism and secure Ukraine aid. Uh, Clay, there's so much going on here that's wrong. But here, here's Republican uh, Maria Salazar, it's actually my my congresswoman, uh, who is calling for legalization of everybody who has been here more than five years. Play seven. It's very important because it's the only bill in Congress that is bipartisan. And not only that, it accomplishes exactly what the country needs. 
to seal the border, secure the border, and once that is done, once that border is secured, then we look back and we give some type of dignity to those people who have been here for more than five years, who are contributing with your economy. Like my colleague said, this is, dignity is not a, an immigration reform law. This is a national security, it's an economic bill, because you know that the business, business sector is saying we need hands. Those hands are here. We just need to legalize them. I'm not talking about citizenship. I'm talking about Dignity, not amnesty, dignity. No, she's talking about amnesty, Clay. She can say it's dignity, but it's actually amnesty. And this is a disaster. And if Republicans fall for this, they deserve to get crushed in the fall. Yeah, I think the entire concept here of trying to link aid for Ukraine and aid for our own border is broken at the outset. And I don't like the idea because what it presumes is some sort of grand bargain. But... We shouldn't be bargaining when it comes to taking care of our own country's border security. And I, I, I give you credit because you were the first person that I ever heard say it. But the obsession that Joe Biden has had with protecting every square mile of Ukrainian territory, which, by the way, it's going really bad in Ukraine. You, you know that you haven't heard anything really about Ukraine for some time since Remember the much-vaunted summer offensive that was coming from Ukraine that was going to put Russia back on its heels and was going to really make Vladimir Putin howl? It hasn't happened. And also, the Russian economy hasn't collapsed. In fact, all those Western business interests basically were just given to Vladimir Putin's capitalist crony oligarch friends. And so, you know, for instance, McDonald's, they renamed and just handed all of the McDonald's assets, and I'm just using that as one company example, uh, to a, a, a friend and a colleague and a supporter of Vladimir Putin. So the money actually has all gotten repatriated, the assets, into Russia, and they've become somewhat more reliant than they ever were before. And meanwhile, they have completely strengthened their lines, and now they are slowly beginning and advance against Ukraine, which doesn't have the manpower. I'm not talking about the material. They don't have the manpower, Buck. They have raised, I believe I'm correct in this, a conscription age in Ukraine for men up to 60 years old now. So if you are 18 to 60 in age, they are now drafting, you think about that, a 58 or 59-year-old guy. And I know some of you out there listening to me are in pretty good shape and you're 58 or 59. You're not... And nobody should be right now trying to live in a trench, but much less somebody who's approaching 60 years old. That's where Ukraine is. So this connection, Buck, at its most baseline level, I don't see it being combated very much by Republicans just saying this is a non-starter on its face that we should ever link them in the first place. It's all about evading accountability for the politicians who are going to sign on to this. Because what it does, by conflating things together in a bill that have actually nothing to do with each other, they can say... Oh, well, I wasn't really, it wasn't really about Ukraine. It was about securing our border. And the people who really just want to tell their constituents they're securing or that they're helping Ukraine can say, I don't really care about the border, but I needed to get Ukraine that money. This is why they do it. It's a version of even what we saw with COVID where the politician said, I'm not making decisions. It's the CDC. And the CDC said, it's not us. It's the politicians. Nobody is ever accountable. Don't let them get away with it. These things have nothing to do with each other. The bill that they are advancing is is unserious if anyone cares about stopping illegal immigration in this country. Notice how she didn't talk about, well, what happens if you've been here less than five years? Which we know by the time Biden's up for re-election, it'll be about eight million people. That's And, yeah. and by the way, you know, well, what happens to them? Oh, we're going to wait and wait and wait until their court hearings happen, which is going to be in 10 years, if ever. And they're going to say, you know what? They've been here 10 years. They should stay, too. We are not idiots. We see what they are trying to do. We recognize what they've done in the past when there have been these mass amnesties. And this whole dignity, not amnesty thing, if it's so undignified, go back to your home country where you have legal residency. This is nonsense. The stuff that they are saying. Clay, we are losing our country. The Democrats are on their back heels. The numbers are terrible for them on this issue. Terrible for Joe Biden on this issue. And we're going to give them a lifeline by having some crappy bipartisan border bill in the election year? It's insane. Yeah, and here's something I would like to hear more discussion about, because even if Trump were to win and become president in 2024, 
you know what would happen is as soon as the mass deportations began, there would be lawsuits, there would be court shenanigans, uh, there would be total media opposition to the idea that anybody should have to go back. They'll find kids getting separated, they allege, from their parents. What we really need is not just a wall. We have to eliminate the incentive for people to want to come here in the first place. And this is why I keep coming back to it, and I hear almost no one talking about it. We have to once and for all end the idea of birthright citizenship by soil in the United States. For people out there who don't understand, if your mom or dad are a citizen of the United States and you are born anywhere around the world, you should and and would be still a citizen of the United States. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the idea that if you cross the Rio Grande River or you somehow fly in from China and decide to stay at a luxury hospital in L.A. for uh, a couple of weeks, your kid that is then born on American soil should not automatically become an American citizen. I, I, you can't I take agree. away the incentive on jobs, but you can take away that incentive. I, I agree with you, but that's more even of a, of a long-term incentive structure because we got 30 million illegals in the country right now, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, yes, I, you're completely correct. We have to end birthright citizenship. That would be one piece of changing the incentive structure. The immediate piece, though, or the thing that is, is, has to happen as soon as you have a Republican president in office, which God willing is going to be one, almost one year to the day from now, right? Yeah. Is, you're going to deport people who have come here illegally in large numbers, not a hundred thousand a year. It's going to have to be a half a million to a million. It's going to have year. to be millions to really impact things. That's right. Because at that, the rate people are coming in, unless you take people out at millions at a time, the numbers keep going up. Right. That's well, this the challenge. Is why I, I saw the Biden number. They're like, we've deported four hundred thousand people. I'm like, you've let in seven million. You've deported four hundred thousand. Those are those are good odds. And by by the way, how many of those four hundred thousand, you know, have have actually committed serious crimes or are being deported for a specific reason beyond just their illegality in this country? But the fact that Republicans are even talking about this, I mean, let's let's remember something here: the corrective mechanism to our wide open border is to punish those who are in power who decided to do this and put people in power who at least have the possibility of correcting it. Joe Biden came into office. I want to remind everybody of this. Day one, he says we are we are stopping all deportations, Clay. I think it was for 100 days, right? 90 days or 100 days. I think it was 100 days. Ceasing all deportations. Stopping the Remain in Mexico program. What you are seeing happening at the border now is not an accident. It is the result they wanted. It is a direct consequence of what Joe Biden and the left-wing Democrats wanted for this country. And now that people are seeing it, and Clay, the numbers, the numbers that are coming out about how people feel about this, this is, this is why they're pretending that they care all of a sudden. You've got 68% of the country, I think. Yeah, 68% disapprove of Joe Biden on the border. 63% they say they want it to be tougher. That's of all adults surveyed, okay? If you're losing almost 70% on an issue going into an election year, and it's one of the primary issues in all the polling, you're in big trouble. I also want people to understand, be smart about what they are trying to set up here. If you refuse, they're going to try to blame Republicans for what's going on at the border. They're already trying it. Understand what you are being set up for here. If you won't support Ukraine and the border connected, they're going to put Ukraine off to the side, and Joe Biden is going to go out, and he's going to start making mess- uh, aggressive speeches because the numbers are so bad, Buck. He's going to go out and say Republicans won't clean up the border, and he's going to try to get that confused for voters out there. He will try. I, I, this is one where I am very confident he will fail. Enough because of New York and what's happening on the streets there because of Chicago, because of these cities and the migrants and the, and the clogged emergency rooms and the school rooms that are overflowing and kids can't get an education and all the resources and, and the end of trash pickup, 40% reduction of trash pickup in New York City. Clay, people see this yeah. in a way that they haven't before. So you're completely correct in my estimation. Biden's going to try that, but it won't work. The only way it works is if some of the worst Republicans in the United States Congress manage to get their way and pass some kind of immigration bipartisan bill 
that then gives the Democrats cover to say, we understand it's a problem, Biden signed it, we are working on it. Yeah. That, that's, that's lunacy to do that. That is lunacy. So, you know, I'm, I am fired up about this because if you look at the names here, I actually, I actually wrote down some of the names of who's, uh, who's involved in this one. I mean, you're looking at McConnell, Graham, Tillis, Langford. That those are the Republicans in the there, Senate. There are, feel- and I get I get why people are frustrated. There are an awful lot of people that it doesn't matter what political party they represent, they're just going to go along to get along. If this is it's the rhino pen that is supporting this. Truly, truly, rhinoceros horns all over the place. Rhino pen. They are trying to push this through. It is a disaster. Do not let them get away with this. Every time they tell you something is not amnesty, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. It's an amnesty. If they have to say it's not an amnesty, it's an amnesty. All right, look, for all the bad news out there to contend with, here's some good news. The lives of 58,000 unborn babies were saved in 2023 by the generosity of this audience and the efforts of the team working at Preborn's network of clinics. Every day, these clinics open their doors to welcome pregnant mothers like Charlotte, who learned she was pregnant when she was seven weeks along. Charlotte thought abortion might be her best option, but before taking that action, which can never be undone, she visited the preborn clinic in her community. There she met her child via an ultrasound and heard her baby's heartbeat. It was a game changing moment and she decided to choose life. Preborn operates on donations from you and me, the pro life community. They do not receive a dime from the government. So if you have the means, would you please consider a leadership gift to save many babies? Your tax deductible donation of $5,000 would sponsor preborn's entire network for a 24-hour period. Think about that. It is a tax-deductible donation, $5,000. You would be able to save, likely, based on the numbers and the choices that are made here, 200 tiny babies' lives. Donate on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or donate securely online at preborn.com slash buck, preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we had uh, Ted Cruz weighing in on the border issue, saying that Joe Biden is so bad on this issue that he made him miss Barack Obama. This is cut nine. Play it. Joe Biden did something I never thought would be possible. He made me miss Barack Obama. Look, Barack Obama, I, I disagreed with on a ton of issues. I think he was a bad president. But you know what? On immigration, Obama, by and large, followed the law. Barack Obama deported millions of people. In fact, the left got mad at him. Remember, they, they used to call Obama the deporter in chief. What Biden is doing, no president in the history of our country has ever done. He's just utterly defying the law. He is essentially saying, I don't care what the law says. I'm going to let everyone go. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the last mile of the human trafficking network, and they're sending illegal immigrants to every city in America. Okay, let's dive into some of this. First off, I I got to say, I, I think that... Um, one thing that Senator Cruz might be leaving out of this analysis is that they were calling Obama the deporter-in-chief leading into 2012 when he was trying to get reelected. And I have been saying on this show, I want everyone to be remembered, uh, be reminded rather of this, um, Biden is going to start to tack to the center on immigration because he has to, on illegal immigration, because he knows that it's a losing issue for Democrats, a major weakness in important swing states, particularly exactly what Barack Obama did and as soon as Obama secured re-election it was a full-on push for mass amnesty that was the so-called comprehensive immigration reform bill which really hurt the uh, future careers of a number of Republican members of the Senate because they were trying remember this it was the gang of eight right the gang of eight bill and when people looked at it it was amnesty and then a whole bunch of things that were never going to be enforced and provisions that were going to be loose and there were going to be lawsuits and, and everything else. The only thing that was guaranteed was amnesty. So I, I think, Clive, what we're seeing here is the repeat in many ways. We've talked about how this is the third term of Obama in, you know, in terms of the advisors and the people that are making important decisions. It's also following the same playbook, which is now it's been three years. Now it's a board. Now it's time for a comprehensive border bill that's bipartisan. Now that they've let seven million people or six point eight million people into the country illegally, intentionally. I mean, at some point, if Republicans get bullied or fooled into this again, you know, we deserve the dissolution of the country that is underway because we don't actually have a border. Did you see Dave Rubin's tweet this morning? Uh, he was flying and he took a picture. And I've seen other people talking about this. I uh, took a picture that basically if you're a migrant, you can, and you know, an illegal immigrant, however you want to classify it, you can get on an airplane no matter what. Did you look at this? Uh, yeah, I saw, I point, saw the photo. Sure. Yeah. 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 For people out there who didn't see it, you know how hard it is to go through security at a United States airport. Now we can argue, and I think sadly, a lot of the TSA work there is prop and it's not actually doing that much good uh in terms of making us all safer that's my personal belief i never go through a tsa checkpoint and think oh these are the highest skilled uh security personnel on the planet right most of the time they seem barely awake don't seem particularly engaged or that excited about their jobs my general take on the tsa some of you may disagree some of you may work in the tsa and disagree with me but the point is there are all these different regimented requirements that you have to have security-wise to be able to go through an airport checkpoint. We now are letting people just have a photo taken of them, and they can get on an airplane all over the country, even if they aren't citizens and they don't have any papers at all. I, I Again, I, I just look at this, and I come back, Buck, to... You remember when... You couldn't come into this country unless you had gotten the COVID shot. If you were from Europe, if you were from Asia, 
they wouldn't allow Novak Djokovic in to play yes. at the... Uh, Except for all the millions of illegals who were coming in. It was also true in New York that you your kids, if you were an illegal, did not have to have the COVID vaccine to go to New York City public that's schools. Right. But if you were a New Yorker, an American, kids not allowed to go to school without the vaccine. So when you are allowing people to just walk across our southern border and you don't you're not concerned about the health there's no covid shot mandate there's no obligations with any of this the intent to create the destruction was there and the incentive structure which i come back to do you remember when fox news interviewed the guy right after the turn of the year uh when biden had been sworn in and he actually had a biden shirt on <laughs> I was like, when have you ever seen anybody in, 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 in merch for Joe Biden? Even flags, even, uh, you know, yard signs. No one has them. This immigrant had them, uh, had a Biden shirt on and he said, because Joe Biden wants us all to come here. That is the message. And it's also incredibly important to discuss how much different the border has become, not only because the cartel makes more money off of illegal entry to the United States than any American pro sports league. That is a staggering stat. The the cartel makes more money bringing people illegally into the United States than the NFL makes in profit every year. In rep, I mean, that is just crazy to think about. But, Buck, it's not even the issue on the border that we used to have, which is a lot of people from Mexico – come across back and forth, they take jobs, they tend to go back home, they're going back and forth. Now it's people all over the world have recognized how wide open our southern border is. It's easier to get into the United States from Africa than it is to get into Europe from Africa. Yes. Just geographically, that's and, absolutely bonkers. And I think everyone has to has to keep in mind that this is by design. And that's why it is so dishonest when Chuck Schumer is talking. First of all, he's talking about Ukraine. He's like, you know, if we don't have funding for Ukraine, you know, we're going to rue the day on the whole world. And I sit here, I'm like, if Russia's having trouble with Ukraine militarily, we're really supposed to believe that Russia's then just going to start rolling over NATO countries too? Uh, they're going to trigger Article 5 in NATO and be like, yeah, no big deal. It's insane. It's insane. But this is what they keep saying. Um but beyond that, on the on back to the border issue, you sit here and it's as though Democrats expect us all to forget what their positions have been on this all along, which is going along with the lie that these are asylum seekers. They are not asylum seekers. They are frauds. They are overwhelmingly lying. Ninety percent of them have no legitimate claim for asylum whatsoever. They are skipping the immigration line. Everybody knows it. It's a scam. It's like if everyone decided to stop paying their taxes all of a sudden, the government would have a really big problem with that. They'd say the law is the law. They decided to stop enforcing immigration law, and we're just supposed to accept it. Um, this is why the the fact that Republicans are the worst Republicans in the Senate, that should tell you a lot, are the ones that are pushing this the hardest. And, and the Republicans who are worried about their jobs in the House because they're in close districts or, you know, even Biden districts, they're the ones who are pushing this. It is entirely selfish. It is not in the best interest of the country. And look, I'm just going to say it. If Trump doesn't win the election and do the massive deportations that he's promising to do, which some people listening to this probably think, oh, it's just it's just Trump saying Trump stuff, right? Maybe. I don't know. If Trump doesn't do that, folks, it's all over. We might as well have an open border because the country will be transformed forever and the lawlessness will overwhelm whatever immigration system we think we have. Yeah, my concern is that the courts will immediately bog down Trump when he tries to deport. Now, we've had Stephen Miller on this program, and he is incredibly detailed and smart, excuse me, and sophisticated about everything that needs to be done at the border. I hope he is put in charge in the event Trump wins, and they just let him go full on in terms of trying to clean up the border. But the problem is, once you get, over 8 million people here, which there will be by the time somebody takes the oath of office in January of 2025, just since Joe Biden became president, not to count the 10 million or so other, whatever the math uh, number is, how in the world do you go about moving that segment of people out of a location? The, the, the sheer logistics of trying to get 
15 million, 10 million, whatever the number is, people deported is staggering to think about. Not to mention all the obstacles that are going to be put in place, which is why I think the long-range plan is get them all here, there isn't any solution, and then they slowly start working on the idea of we have to give them amnesty and make them citizens. And that never stops because we have a massive welfare state and we have a country that has decided that there should be a a, a, a shame on traditional America and the rest of the world is owed your labor, your money, Americans. That's the way that the Democrat Party views things. It's like a giant global Marxist redistribution of wealth program tied in with DEI. Remember, we're only 4% of the United States, of the world population. We're all incredibly fortunate to be United States citizens, but we only represent, I believe the math is 4% of the global population. At some point we get full. Uh, and, uh, and certainly I think we're well past that right now. Look, uh, a lot of you out there just got through the holiday season. You had Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's. You're out there celebrating with your friends and family. How many of you remembered sitting around the Christmas tree, whether it was you as a parent, you as a grandparent now, but you remember back when you were a kid, maybe you remember when your kids were kids. How many of you thought about all the great family memories that you've had over the years? How many of them are really preserved? Most families have one or two people who are the steward of family history, right? They're the people who keep up with the old photos. They're the people who keep up with the old videos, all the old film reels, the slides. How many of you have ensured that all those old family memories are preserved digitally for as long as you can possibly imagine to be shared with generations yet to come? That's the business of Legacy Box. They preserve your family's memories. They've got... 15 different types of old media that they can convert to digital files. Videotapes, cassettes, Super 8 films, slides, print photos, you name it. There's no limit to what they can produce. Legacy Box, based right here uh, in my home state of Tennessee, in my mom's hometown of Chattanooga, Tennessee, they have a team of over 200 technicians going to work hand-transferring each item of your family's legacy and history into a brand new digital file memory for your family for years to come. And right now, you can get an incredible offer. Good New Year's resolution. Preserve your family's memories by going to LegacyBox.com slash Clay to get 50% off. A million and a half families have already relied on Legacy Box. They make it easy, affordable, and safe for your tapes and films. You can trust them like we have. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's a LegacyBox.com slash clay need a break from politics a little comedy to counter the craziness so do we the sunday hang a weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit find it in the clay and buck podcast feed on the iheart radio app or wherever you get your podcasts to vp or not to vp that is the question clay that we are asking now about a, a bunch of different possibilities here, given the ascendancy, it seems, of the Trump primary into the Trump general as likely, not yet a fait accompli, uh, but a likely possibility, or a likely scenario, I should say. Um, this came out, though, and we, we it did catch our attention because we're, of course, sitting here saying, wow, this is the kind of thing that I feel like might have been discussed on the most brilliant radio show currently on the airwaves. Uh, the possibility of instead of going for a traditional VP candidate, politician, etc., to be at the bottom of a Trump ticket, to go with somebody who would bring a little extra panache, a little, a little wow factor, a little bit of a media sizzle to it all. And, Tucker Carlson is that name that was pushed out by us to uh Don Donald Trump Sr., the former president. Well, his oldest son, Don Jr., was asked about this, and this is what he said. Around DeSantis, could I see you're never gonna rule out someone that is, you know, a leading contender. It doesn't mean that's who you go with. I could see other people that would be great. I'd love to see, you know, a JD Vance. I'd love to see a Tucker Carlson. I'd love to see, you know, people who are just Principally, uh, you know, in alignment as well as like aggressive. I, you, you actually need a fighter. The Republicans in Washington D.C. are weak. You can have the House, the Senate, and they'll still roll over. It Don, matter. is your dad serious uh, about Tucker Carlson? Are those rumors serious? 
I would imagine, you know, listen, that's clearly it would be on the table, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're very friendly. I think they agree on virtually all of these things. They certainly agree on stopping the never ending wars. And so, you know, I, I would love to see that happen. And, you know, that, that would certainly be a contender. Certainly a contender on the table. He has discounted other, or other people have already been discounted from the VP consideration. Clay, what do you make of this one? I, the reason why I like Tucker. And we talked about it on this show. We talked about it, we raised it directly with Trump when we were with him in Mar-a-Lago in November. And he said, yes, I'm going to be considering it um, as a part of that discussion with us. I agree with what Don Jr. said. And this is the, the, the ultimate argument that I made. You need a brawler. You need somebody who can take on the media because you're going to deal with a rigged media that I think is going to make 2020 look like child's play. I think they are going to roll out. Uh, the next level of dis- dishonesty in 2024. Is there a next level though? And I, I mean that at all. Well, honestly. I mean, you, is there... I, I mean, the next level to me is you're trying to put the guy in prison for the rest of his well, life. Well, but that's not so, the media so much as it is. The no, system, but the media right? the is carrying the water to argue that that's necessary for democracy, right? The stakes to me are even more elevated in 2024. And I just want, I want a barroom brawler. You know, Mike Pence is a nice guy. Mike Pence would feel awful if he told a reporter, I, I think, I, based you on my... Guys, uh, have you guys made up, gone to an SEC football game not, together, had a little chat, you know? We have not We have not uh, hung out since he was. he's still unhappy about his performance on the show. But Mike Pence, I think, would genuinely feel bad if he reamed out a reporter. I don't think Tucker Carlson would. And and I think sometimes you have <laughs> I, to... I know Tucker Carlson yeah. wouldn't, in fact, yes. Right, but I think that's necessary. I think you have to turn the uh, camera onto the inquisitors, as it were, and show how biased they all are. I like Elise Stefanik. I think she's super smart. I don't know, because she's now the lead. Uh, she's not that uh, conservative, but okay. She's now the lead. Uh, if you look at the odds market, first up is Elise Stefanik. Second is, uh, is, uh, Christy Noam. So the, the, the gamblers out there seem to be betting on Trump is going to pick a woman as a VP candidate. Um, and the third is Nikki Haley. Now, purely on a analyze what the impact is of Uh-oh. this. Get ready for this impact, everybody. And remember, Clay is the one who is about to be speaking. Purely on the basis of what could I gain from the VP. Let me preface this by saying I love Tucker. And also, Buck, I've said for a year... Pick somebody who's going to win you a state. Uh, that right, seems right, to be we off know, the board. We know. Right. Le- lean into it, Travis. Don't let me these push are you. The uh... three, these are the three top contenders according to the odds market. Elise Stefanik is now number one. She has p- passed Christy Noam. First time we've seen a new person. You want to talk about number three. Talk about Two number three. Two is Christy Noam. Three is, I think, Nikki Haley would help Trump the most in the general election. Oh, man. At Clay Travis on Twitter. All right. And some of you are like, oh, my God, how dare you? You know, it's my, uh, oh, my God, My favorite is when I get yelled at for your things because he never never tweets at them. That's actually my fault. It's always, you know, Uh, you got to stop doing the thing that you said. I'm like, I didn't even say that. I think that at the general election, if you are trying to appeal to suburban moms, and by the way, every time I say this, I get deluged with suburban moms who all say this won't work for me. Okay, I understand. The suburban mom community is expansive, right? The reason why I focus on suburban moms is if you go look at the raw data, Trump didn't lose the vote anywhere except in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Phoenix, Milwaukee, all of these places, Detroit, Oh, I know these areas pretty well. I've traveled around to a lot of them. I'm married to a suburban girl from Oakland County outside of Detroit, right? Still have a lot of family there. That is a toss-up region. If you're going to appeal to the moms there who are not super engaged in politics, they're not the audience that is listening to us right now, I think Nikki Haley appeals to them because they think she is like them. I'm not saying that she is the greatest pick from anything other than all I care about is winning, right? 
For better or worse, I'm like Al Davis, famous quote yeah. for you, Buck, in sports, just win, baby. Winning is all that map. DJ Collin, who DJ lives Collin, down yes. by you now in Miami, he might be your neighbor. Yes. He's a, he's a smart man on on several counts it seems. Um, I, I I don't but think the, I think Nikki Haley of those three. Yes, I know. If you're picking a woman, I think that's the play. Yeah, I mean, the the problem that that people are going to have with that is, of course, that she is simultaneously a uh, a a woman who all the things you said I think apply. She may appeal to to women in suburban areas of the electorate that are very important for Trump to win. However, she is also the preferred candidate of. The Mitch McConnell GOP establishment. Get it? I get and it. And that's that's the part of this that's going to really be tough and win. Uh, I think he'll he'll make whatever decision he makes, and the party will fall in line behind him on the VP thing. Because I I also don't believe. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I usually am very skeptical of how important a VP pick is for the election and also for the course of the presidency. This VP pick would in many ways uh, put somebody in a position to be a top contender to run for president in two years, to start running for president. And, you know, theoretically, right? But yeah. you could have somebody, if it were Nikki Haley, she's looking at all the committees and funding and paperwork to run in 2028 by 2026. It's pretty quick. Let me Let me also point this out. Trump has such a strong hand right now, and I think you would sign off on this too, when he picked Mike Pence, it was designed to d- deal with a weakness of his candidacy, which was evangelicals did not trust Donald Trump in 2016, right? There was skepticism about how committed he was to the evangelical community. Not a guy, I think it's fair to say, that a lot of people think about walking around with a Bible in and out of church. Still, to this day, I would say a common thought, right? But I don't think that concern still exists. So Mike Pence in 2016 was a pick that Trump made to solidify the support that he was going to have going forward. I think Trump has the luxury now of having such a strong relationship with his base that he could pick Tucker Carlson. He could pick Nikki Haley. He could pick Christy Noam, Elise Stefanik, any of these people, and I don't think it would change the base's opinion of him at all. That is a luxury that he has in 2024 that he did not have in uh, 20, uh 2016. Um that part of it is true. So we we shall see um do you want do you want to go down right now on the record who you think the VP pick is going to be? I think it's going to be oh man. I think it should be Tucker, okay? That would be my number 1 pick. I think he would be a uh just absolutely incredible advocate for Trump, the best possible version. I think he's going to pick a woman uh, because I, I think he thinks that that's going to help him in the uh, in the campaign, and I think he's going to end up with Christy Noem. Well, this is kind of boring because I think he's also going to end up with Christy Noem. So there you go. If I if I had to go with it right now, that would be my guess. So we're both in, we're both in so, the boat together on this one. Yeah, and let's let's point this out. Um, not that people watch the VP debates or even that we're going to have VP debates. I don't think that Christy Noam would lasso. It's a very good uh, use there, given the fact that. he's always a riding South horses. Dakota reference. Yeah. I don't think that Christy Noam would lasso Kamala Harris and sort of throw her over her back uh, on the uh, on the horse and ride off into the sunset. I think Elise Stefanik could absolutely crush Kamala Harris in a head-to-head battle. So if that's your analysis, if you want to scrap her, then I think Elise Stefanik would be really, really good at it. If you want a, you know, sort of, hey, I'm picking a woman because it's making me seem less of a uh, misogynist, then I think Christy Noam's going to be the pick. We shall see, everybody. Take some of your calls to close us out here in a second. So 800-282-2882 on those lines. Email inboxes. They are a treasure trove for cyber hackers. These hackers look for your confidential information, it's the kind of uh, stuff they can use to steal your identity. They're smart, these online online thieves. They send you bogus emails that look very much like the real deal. Their phishing scams have gotten sophisticated. So even if you can usually catch these with your own eye, sometimes it can slip through. Next thing you know, you clicked on a link, your email files have been compromised, and you got a big problem. This is why you need LifeLock. 
It's important to protect yourself. You can do that securely with LifeLock. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. LifeLock makes it easy. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. As conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Congressman Jim Jordan, great state of Ohio, joins us now. We got a lot to dive into with him. But right off the top, Congressman, you've been one of the longest, most steadfast supporters of Donald Trump anywhere in American politics. Were even you surprised by the 30-point win in Iowa? And as a core, as a subpart to that, is this over? Does uh, Nikki Haley and, and Ron DeSantis, do they need to drop out, and do we just need to start looking towards the general in 10 months? Yeah, I think it's over. I mean, it was a huge win uh, in minus 20-degree weather. People came out. I thought it was interesting, though. One of the, the polling things I, I saw was, uh, I think it was like almost 8 out of 10 Iowa voters, Republican voters, that they believe the government has been weaponized against the American people, and, and who, who more so than, than, than weaponized against President Trump. So I think that was a they, – they believe that because it's the truth, and that was a big motivating thing. And I think one of the reasons that, that President Trump won with such a big margin, plus 
I mean, people just know this guy did what he said. You know, that's uh, most politicians say one thing, get in office and don't do it. He he actually did what he told the American people he was going to do. And I think compared to Joe Biden and where we're at, people people respect that as well. So it was a big win. It was fun to be out there and see it all happen. Um, and like you say, I think I, I think he's going to win New Hampshire. I think he's going to win South Carolina and Nevada, and he's going to get the nomination. And more importantly, I think he's going to be our next president. Congressman Jordan, appreciate you being with us. Uh, Clay and I have been talking a bit about the uh, Fonnie Willis situation. Yeah. She's the prosecutor, just for our audience, who is bring who has brought the RICO case, the racketeering case against Trump over election issues, in, alleged issues in uh, Fulton County. Looks like she has some issues of her own, uh, ethical and perhaps even legal. W- what do you make of this, and what does it say about yet another of the efforts? to get Donald Trump seeming to run into some problems. Yeah, uh, it, it's. It, I think it's been a joke from the get-go. Remember, she indicted 19 people, and she thought about indicting three United States senators, including the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's how ridiculous this is. But, uh, you know, now we find out that, that she's hired uh, this Nathan Wade, paid him more than actual RICO experts, and it's supposed to be a RICO-type trial uh, or charge. Uh, she's paying him more. A uh, guy who's been held in contempt, a guy who built 24 hours straight, I guess, on his, on his billing. And you guys were on the front edge of this. I happened to catch your show. We were driving last week, and you guys were you, you, you were on this before, I think, just about anybody. But we actually sent Mr. Wade a letter, and we said, we want to know who you talk to in the DOJ. Give us all the communications you have. We want to know who you talk to in the White House. And just as importantly, who you talk on the January 6th committee to help, quote, uh, according to the press, jumpstart the, 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 the district attorney's investigation down there into President Trump. So – um, we want some answers to this too, as I think the American people do. But you're, you're right. This, this all looks, I think, just more ridiculous now when we find out this, this, um, this, you know, guy that this Mr. Wade that who Fonnie Willis has hired, who I don't think really has much of an expertise in the subject of of the entire investigation. No doubt. And and I want to hammer this home. Uh, I'm glad you guys have opened this uh, this investigation into Willis, uh, the state of Georgia. We've got a lot of Georgia politicians who listen to this show. We appreciate everybody there. Mm-hmm. This is I, I know you would probably second this as much as might need to be ha- taking place on a federal level. And I appreciate, again, you guys shining the spotlight on this state of Georgia needs to be investigating this prosecutor, yeah. Fannie Willis, yeah. and everybody else involved in this investigation, in your opinion, as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and I thought it was great that you guys, I, I like I said, I caught your show and you were talking about this. Yeah, and I, I do believe that Governor Kemp and the Attorney General now are beginning to do that, which I think is, is important. Um, you know, but there have been all kinds of problems with every single one of these. We, we went, we actually did a hearing in Manhattan when Alvin Bragg said his indictment of President Trump, and now you see what's going on here in Atlanta. And of course, we got all kinds of things we can say about Jack Smith and, in, in, in his indictment in, in Miami and the, and the one in, in here in DC. So, um, it's all a problem, but again, I, 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 to go back to the first topic, President Trump has a line he uses in just about every every time he gives a speech. And I think it's, he's got a lot of great lines, but he always says, "They're coming after me because I'm fighting for you." Well, when we were with him in Iowa, he actually changed the line. He said, "They're coming after my freedom because I'm fighting for yours." And this is true. People can see it. Four indictments, two state, two federal. The all the crazy that people can see it because Americans have common sense, and I think that's a huge motivating factor and why people came out in such a big way um, in Iowa. And I think are going to continue to do it in this in this election cycle. Speaking of Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio and Congressman, I see here this letter from uh, the Committee on the Judiciary and Select Committee on the Weaponization of Federal Government that is looking into whether and you tweeted about this whether the federal government flagged terms like MAGA and Trump to financial institutions if Americans completed transactions using those terms. Also, if you bought a religious text like a Bible or shopped at Bass Pro Shop. What the heck is going on here? Well, we've learned in the last year about all the censorship. Big tech, big government, big academia, um, you know, big media all working to censor Americans. Now we know it's big government, big corporations, big banks working to financially surveil Americans. And, and it's frightening because we're, and we're just on the front end of this, but you got banks that are at the urging of the federal government searching their, 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 their customers, their, their transactions using key terms. And the terms were, as you just described out there, you know, Trump, MAGA. But I think more importantly, it's like, did they buy something at Cabela's? Did they, did they buy a firearm at Bass Pro Shop or whatever? Um, and, and, and this idea that religious text, I mean, if you buy a Bible and a gun and somehow you're on the domestic violent extremist watch list, 
And when you read through some of the documents, the initial documents we've gotten, um, it sounds exactly like that memorandum from the Richmond field office that we learned about a little over a year ago where the Richmond field office of the FBI was describing pro-life Catholics as radical extremists. It, it reads exactly like that garbage. And, and, and so now we know it's not just limited to censorship. It's like financial surveillance. And so we're going to – we're literally on the front end of this, but we're going to dig into this because this is, this is as, just as scary as the censorship effort that, we, that we've uncovered over the last year. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, okay, so let's go into actual legislation that is taking place right now on Capitol Hill. Buck and I started off the show today talking about uh, this idea of border security being coupled with Ukraine, which I think is, for many people out there, dead on arrival uh, in yeah. terms of the way people are responding, but also... The new speaker, uh, we're hearing a lot of pressure potentially about what might happen to him over the negotiations on budget bills going forward. From your perspective, and you're better plugged in than almost anybody probably in the entire country, what should we know about what's going on on Capitol Hill right now, and where is this going? Well, there are three big issues, I think, here in the next month or so that are going to be dealt with on Capitol Hill. Uh, actually, four, but you count the impeachment inquiry, but that's that's part of the oversight effort. But when it comes to legislation, you got the appropriation thing. we got to fund the government and how that all, all, how that all plays out. you got the FISA renewal, which is huge, because there has to be reforms there to protect American security, particularly in light of what we've, we've, we just talked about with censorship and, and with this financial surveillance. And, and then, of, of course, it's this Ukraine border issue. And, you know, we're, we're trying to navigate all those. Um, I do think this, this bill that was sort of leaked out that was coming from the Senate is a non-starter. Speaker Johnson has indicated he's not going to go for what, what that, you know, that, the, the language that leaked out there. Um, but yeah, the American people understand let's secure our border uh, before we even think about doing anything more for Ukraine. I voted against most of the money for Ukraine, so I'm not, I'm not keen on that because people still can't tell me what the objective is. What's our goal? What's our objective? I mean, normally, when you when you're going to fund something, you got what are we trying? Are we trying to move them out of the Donbass region of, of Ukraine? We're trying to get them out of Crimea, which they've been which they've had now for ten years. You know, what's the objective? So I sort of think we need to know that before you continue to fund Ukraine. And then, of course, people are focused on our border first. So um, I don't. I think the, the, what's being talked about in the Senate is basically a non-starter in the House. Speaker Johnson has indicated so, and I think that's where the American people are, and it's the right position. Do you think Speaker Johnson is safe? Uh, we saw what happened with Kevin McCarthy and the uh, attempt to find a new speaker. The the margin now, you know better than me, is down to two or three votes with with illnesses yep. and with people with special elections coming up and everything else. I mean, it's almost never been closer. Is he safe in your mind? I mean, I think yeah. I think Mike's a, he's a good man. He's a, he's a good friend. Um, I thought it was a complete mistake to to do what happened to, to Speaker McCarthy. Um, I, I think it'd be a mistake to, to do that to Speaker Johnson. Um, we gotta, we gotta navigate these through. We gotta get reform on FISA. We gotta continue to do our oversight. We gotta continue to finish this impeachment inquiry and then make a decision whether we're gonna move forward with articles on the President of the United States. Um, we gotta get those done, but I don't see how it helps us or how we help the American people by, by changing the speakers again. So let's, let's focus on getting our job done. Let's focus on our oversight. And let's get let's get to November where President Trump is going to win this election and get in there and, 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 and be our next president and really make a change to things. I think that's that's the, in the best interest of the American people. And that's that's what I'm pushing for. Congressman Jim Jordan, always good to have you on with us, sir. Thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is incredible. They do such important work. They support America's greatest heroes our service members, and our first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes that we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Carrie's done a couple of them. Clay's been at some of these events. They're great events with phenomenal people for an absolutely great cause. There are dozens of golf outings, barbecues, all raising money for this incredibly worthy cause. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about America's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Clay and I both donate every month. Please join us. 
Go to T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The guys on Sundays, the Sunday Hang Podcast. It's silly, it's goofy, it's good times. Find it in the Clay and Buck Podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.